Hello, it's Ruth Smith here with you with this very special edition of the Temple Bar Tradfest podcast coming to you from the 39th annual Milwaukee Irish Fest here in Wisconsin in the United States of America. It's a celebration over four days with more than 100 acts on 16 stages, but the stages we are most interested in are the ones that are showcasing the brilliant Tradfest showcase acts like Susan O'Neill, Emma Langford, we've got Boxing Banjo and Railta, as well as so many other acts who've graced the stages in Tradfest over the years. Aoife Scott is here, We Banjo 3, Conla, who are going to be reappearing uh, in Tradfest 2020. And we've also got the Galway 2020 stage with acts like Liz and Yvonne Kane, Leo Moore and Porrick Stevens, Back West and The Wileaways. So it's going to be a jam-packed edition of the Temple Bar Tradfest podcast. Alongside all of the musical performances that happen at the festival grounds, there's also a week-long summer school that happens here for Milwaukee Irish Fest. And I was lucky enough this morning to attend one of the workshops. It was with two fiddlers, sisters Liz and Yvonne Kane. They were doing a workshop on the music of Paddy Fahey. And I dropped in and spoke to a couple of the students who took the class. I'm joined now by three of the students who took the masterclass with Liz and Yvonne Kane, the Paddy Fahey masterclass. I have Maria, Megan and Amy. So Maria, I'm going to start with you. You were very involved in the class. You, you have a lot of experience of Paddy Fahey's music. Well, I play the fiddle, <laughs> you know, and I've listened a lot to, you know, the Kane sisters' recordings. And, you know, it's, it, it is so amazingly easier to learn tunes when you can finally see the Boeings because it's not always easy to pick up off of a recording. So you're always trying to get the right sound. So um, it was just a golden opportunity to finally kind of fill in some of the gaps. And God, they're lovely. Can they, could you have lovelier people? So yeah, delightful, delightful session. They have a lovely chemistry between them as sisters, obviously, but they also have a great reverence towards Fahey's music, which is lovely to see as well. And, and I think what you said about the Boeing, when you see the Boeing, it makes so much more sense, doesn't it? All the sense in the world. And yes, the reverence and, and sort of ah, just being able to articulate his, his role, his place, his heritage, his, his legacy in the music, in contributing tunes, in how to play them in East Galway, in just the whole thing. So it was, it was really a delightful opportunity. And I love the fact that they, they covered in a little bit of the biographical information as well, the man behind the mystery and the music. Absolutely. Amy, was this your first class to take at um, Milwaukee Summer School? Uh, no, actually. Um, it was my first class like this, and I've never actually been able to be... I've been a part of fiddle classes only as an accompanist, so to actually learn a tune in a fiddle class was really, really interesting, even though I wasn't playing the fiddle. So what do you play? Uh, guitar, is it? Uh, piano. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were playing flute, I believe, were you? Tell me what your name is again. Um, my name's Megan. I'm a flute player, um, and I'm, it's always an unusual thing to find flute players playing fatty tunes, but... Uh, I love contemporary composed tunes because you can put them in their place. Uh, so learning about the composer, learning what inspired them to write the tunes and the music, their musical context really uh, gives the tradition a lot of richness because the tradition isn't just the tunes that are the most common part of you know, our traditional session sets, but um, this like continuing to grow, the, the growth of the tradition. And um, it's really... I love the com- the new composers who are like hearing new things and bringing new things into the music while keeping it part of that like very much rooted in the tradition, which Fahi's tunes definitely are. So, 
So I believe you're all heading to the festival for the rest of the weekend, Irish Fest, is that right? Yeah, I would say so. That's, yeah. <laughs> what else would we do this weekend? I mean, honestly, <laughs> yeah, of course. It's the place to be. Is there something you're particularly looking forward to hearing? All of the Kane sister sets. And um, Amy and I play in a, a group called the Creams Headed Kaylee Band. So we're playing for Kaylee's tonight, Friday night. Um, and then hearing our friends and just walking around, see listening to people we've never heard of before in some cases because it's an opportunity to hear new groups often or just just people have never been here so we always look forward to Irish Fest it's a great thing Maria, Megan and Amy thank you so much for joining me today on Tradfest podcast my name's Walter Carlip I've been playing Irish traditional music since the late 90s and studied classical as a child and stopped for 25 years in between and where did the encouragement come to, to pick up traditional music, traditional Irish music? My first job after graduate school was in a small uh, town in southeastern Ohio that had a large university, a uh, long street with more bars in it than anywhere else, and pretty much nothing else except for a really, really terrific Irish session in the one nice Irish pub in town led by a fellow named Jed Foley, the guitarist for Patrick Street and Small Piper and terrific fiddler. And there was a little community of dancers and fiddlers, and a friend said, you you know, you used to play classical, you should pick up some Irish. And it was really just from there that you you introduced yourself to Irish traditional music? Yes. um, So a colleague who played flute and I decided... Um, about my third year there to try and do it and asked Jed if we could join in the session and he said no (laughs) you need to know the tunes first but he ran a junior session for us uh, on late Wednesday afternoons for a few months until he said oh you know enough tunes you're good enough join in so how many times have you been at the Milwaukee Summer School now? Maybe five or six. So it's an important annual event for you. Do you live in the Wisconsin area, in the Milwaukee area? I do not. I live in nine months of the year. Currently, nine months of the year, I'm in upstate New York. But I have a summer job at the University of Chicago. So I come to Chicago every summer and spend the entire summer playing in sessions every night. And at the end of the summer, I come up to Milwaukee before I have to drive 14 hours back to New York and start teaching next week. Well, that's a wonderful seasonal uh, change that you have and and a brilliant commitment that you've shown to to your learning of Irish music. So thank you very much, Walter, for taking the time to chat to us on Tradfest Podcast. So I'm just leaving the building with Liz and Yvonne Kane. They're just after doing a masterclass of Paddy Fahey tunes and I was lucky enough to sit in on it as well. Liz, how are you doing? Hiya, Ruth. How are (laughs) you? glad you enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it and how are you feeling being back at Milwaukee Irish Fest? It's been nine years since yourself and Yvonne have been here. It's been way too long. It's such an amazing feeling to be back here and meeting uh, meeting old faces and new ones and yeah, it's such a great buzz at this festival. So lovely. Yeah, it's one of the best really. And um, aside from doing a bit of uh, playing, you've been doing a bit of shopping as well by all accounts, Yvonne. <laughs> hey, Liz loves shopping. <laughs> I don't at all. Like... <laughs> We, find, we seem to find shops anywhere we go, so yeah, a little bit of shopping as well, why not? And there's a great contingent, Yvonne, of Galway musicians over this year. There sure is. Um, we've got the Wildaways, Back West, 
of course, Park We Benjo 3, Park Stevens, Leo Moran. Um, I think that's it. Well, yeah. there's probably more as well. Is there? Around. You're the official Galway 2020 ambassadors this year on the Galway stage. I believe the, the stage you're on is actually called the Tipperary stage, traditionally here in Milwaukee. Would you believe? And there they have the Galway artists up on it. Given that this year Paddy Fahey passed away on May 31st, I know you were part of his, of his funeral um, ceremony as well um, in his hometown, but it's a very important year to be spreading more of his music and I know we've talked about him a lot on the podcast as well um, we were at Paddy's funeral and it was a, it was a lovely send off for Paddy there was loads of lovely Galway musicians there and um, yeah it was it was a special day you know it was lovely <laughs> I'm going to do an interview right now, so I'll talk to you in a little while. Bye. So there you heard in action. Jane Walroth, summer school supervisor here at the Milwaukee <laughs> Festival, Irish Fest Summer School. Jane, it's so lovely to meet you. Thank you very much for taking the time to chat to me. I know you're an incredibly busy lady. Well, right now it's just getting things organized and talking to people. And so all the organizations actually is done ahead of time. So we're just having a good time with our guests and students. So. How many tutors do you have as part of the summer school this year? I th- probably about 15 to 20, yeah. We use a combination of people coming to the festival to perform at the festival and be involved in the Gale Talk area at the festival and local musicians who are excellent teachers. And we've been in business for 30 years. We like to say teaching all things Irish to all ages. So we have children's program and many adult programs and teenagers some we have so we have a wide range of ages that come to summer school and I'm sure it's a really central part of the wider Milwaukee Irish Fest as well because it feeds into the enthusiasm for for everything that goes on for the four days at Milwaukee yes it does and uh, people come to the summer school and you know meet musicians that are playing on the ground so it usually introduces a whole different kind of Irish music than some people are used to and we like to think that it's keeping the traditional side of Ireland coming to the fore so people know about it. And how many years have you been a summer school supervisor? I've been, I have 30 years. <laughs> I subtracted some numbers from all the schedules I have and I thought, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm retiring this year though. You're retiring this year and who is it that's taking your place? Uh, Pat Fitzgibbons is taking my place. He's another person who's interested in all things Irish and that is kind of very helpful because you may be looking at a knitter, and then discovering the knitter is married to the great, a great Bowron player, and then you can have both of them come, and it's just fun. And one of the things that strikes me about Milwaukee and Irish Fest is the level of volunteer engagement. It is really the heartbeat of the whole festival, isn't it? Yes, it is. I think we've totaled something like 4,000 volunteers around the festival, and some of them, you know, have been coming for all 39 years. I think next year will be our 40th year. And you mean 4,000 over the, the, since 81, since yeah, it was yeah. launched? Yeah, it's 4,000 that 
total volunteers. We, we got some great new computer uh, software that tells us how many volunteers we have because we were always kind of guessing. And That's really an incredible number, isn't it? It's yeah, so it impressive incredible. to see that engagement. It's incredible. And we have a lot of people that aren't Irish that come <laughs> because it's just fun. I think that's one thing the Irish culture brings is fun. And as I drove up to, to this beautiful building where, where you, um, where I suppose you, you work the summer school from, I saw there's a special parking place for the volunteer of the year at yes. the back of the building. That's, that's an impressive honour, yes, isn't it? it? Is. We have a whole wall full of volunteers of the year. We're going to be running out of space pretty soon, but they get uh, to go on a parade and go to several parties and over the weekend. And the parking spot is a... Plum thing. <laughs> it's a coveted spot. The the building that we're in here is really beautiful. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, about the history of it? Well, it's actually a Masonic lodge. Was a Masonic lodge, uh, and as their numbers dwindled, we were looking for spaces, a, a bigger space. So we took it over, bought it, and it's been our home for hmm, about twenty years. And most of the and we had volunteers who did all the painting and a lot of the work on the building so it's it's a great building and we really love it and the ward archives is that run from here as well or is the is all the archival um, material stored here as well not all of the archival material the archives does run from here and there you know we have a an archivist we have a director of the archives and then we have interns now so we're that's continuing to grow and anybody can come and visit. They need to kind of make an appointment to make sure that somebody's here, but everybody's happy to show them around. So that's something to remember. Well, on behalf of Tradfest podcast and uh, on behalf of myself and all of the people who have benefited from your time as summer school supervisor, thank you so much, Jane Walworth, for taking the time to speak to us today. Thank you for being here. We love Tradfest. <laughs> So we're still here at the Milwaukee Summer School and I'm joined by Jeff Kazak, who is the archivist with the Ward Irish Music Archives. Jeff, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know today is quite busy for you. Tell me what you're up to. Um, yeah, so I'm helping uh, just with the organizational aspects of the Milwaukee Irish Fest Summer School today. Um, we also do a bit of field recording for the Ward Irish Music Archives of some of the cultural and music classes here as well. It's an amazing schedule. I just I just saw the, the, the lineup that you have. You have everything from music to song to knitting to Irish Celtic studies. I believe Shaolin are downstairs with, with kids at the Celtic summer camp. They are, yeah. The kids are having a blast down there with uh, Shaolin and with I think three of them being primary school teachers. They're just fabulous with the kids camp and they're just having a ball down there. It was kind of funny on the first day the kids were all excited and we could hear them jumping around downstairs and yesterday it was all quiet and we were wondering what's what happened and they were actually in a recording session with Shaolin so they're recording some songs down there. That's brilliant so uh, that'll be great to add to your archives as well. Absolutely yeah we're looking forward to hearing the final product. Talk to me about your day-to-day work with the the Ward Irish Music Archives. Um, It's pretty varied so uh, as part of Celtic Celtic Milwaukee and Milwaukee Irish Fest we wear many different hats so as part of the archives um, I help coordinate some of our part-time employees for digitization efforts. So we're recording a, a large collection of semi-RPM discs right now uh, that belong to Ted McGraw, um, brilliant uh, radio show host and accordion player out in Rochester, New York. And we have another uh, part-time archivist that's working on documenting the history of Irish music in Milwaukee. So we're digitizing some uh, information from the Sharma Club of Wisconsin, uh, which is an important organization here. Um, and then also um, help with uh, cataloging efforts and updating our websites and social media. 
And when you see the engagement, the level of engagement, I mean, I was speaking with uh, Jane Walworth a little bit earlier, like you've had up to 4,000 volunteers over the, the since Milwaukee Irish Fest was launched in 81. The engagement within Irish culture and the love and the joy that people seem to, to get from these gatherings is really evident here in Milwaukee, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can see kind of the just the joy and excitement that everyone has uh, the week leading up to the festival. Uh, it's a massive crew that goes down to the grounds and helps set up and run it. Um, and every year we have up to 4,000 volunteers that um, help put on Milwaukee Irish Fest. And it's such a valuable resource for us. And we're super lucky and fortunate to have these people that are so dedicated to Irish culture in Milwaukee. And I know you work, obviously, as, as an archivist, but you're a musician yourself as well. So, you know, there's a personal interest in this in this type of work. Can you tell me what, what has been the most exciting find for you or the most kind of um, satisfying project that you've had to work on in your time with the Irish World Irish Music Archives? Uh, one thing I take a lot of joy in is uh, I've been researching the uh, dance hall musicians of New York from the 1920s and 30s. So, and for me, coming from outside the tradition, um, originally starting life as a jazz saxophone player and moving into Irish music and finding kind of this crossover of uh, American dance band music and Irish music that was happening in the 20s with uh, James Morrison and Patty Coloran and their ensembles has uh, really sparked my interest in discovering how some of these musicians brought in horn players to play Irish tunes as well as American dance music. So that's been uh, one really fun aspect for me discovering in the archives. That's a really rich time in within the Irish music scene, and in, in as you said, in New York, but all over cities throughout throughout the states as well. And gorgeous to see, like you know, I'm here with Trad Fest, obviously, and we say it's Trad without frontiers. When you see how these musical genres mix and meld so easily with one another, and just to mention, like we Banjo Three having a brass section with them, you know, as they travel as well. So these kind of styles of music can can really mingle and effortlessly just elevate each other, can't they? Absolutely, yeah. I've always loved that um, that line between innovation and tradition and how especially once the recording industry happened and you had all these uh, all these brilliant musicians that immigrated to New York and Chicago and San Francisco in the early 20th centuries and how they were innovating but still really keeping with the tradition as well. It's been uh, just fascinating to, uh, to research and discover. And when you see that kind of rigor, you know, of, of jazz um, uh, tr um, training, but also like the the excitement of the tunes, the Irish tunes and how they can find a place together. It's, um, you know, improvisation as well, how that would have affected traditional playing. Yeah, absolutely. You can definitely hear it in some of the arrangements that say Patty Killoran's Pride of Aaron Orchestra record it. Um, but then uh, even kind of going back like a step further and discovering how much, um, how how ingrained they were with other music traditions even before they left Ireland. I found a, a picture of the um, Ballymote Brass and Reed brand, band that has a image of Paddy Cloran holding a clarinet and also one of his collaborators in Eric, uh, Jack Healy, who was a horn player, um, played trumpet and saxophone. And so already before they immigrated, they were immersing themselves in other styles of music. So it was a natural progression for them to bring it together. Well, thank you so much, Jeff Kazak, for giving us your time today. I'm archivist with the Ward Irish Music Archives. An absolute pleasure to have you as part of Tradfest podcast today. Thank you so much, Ruth. So we're here at the Celtic Kids Camp as part of Milwaukee Irish Fest. And Shaw Lynn have a whole gaggle of boys and girls here who are learning to sing and talk in Irish. Have you enjoyed your few days? Yes. Stefan. Stefan. Yes. Stefan. <laughs>
<laughs> Talk to us about how you got involved in doing the Celtic Kids, Kids Camp here as part of Milwaukee Summer School. Uh, well, first of all, I want to say Gaggle is the perfect collective noun for these kids. <laughs> no, but um, no, uh, I suppose when we got uh, the Milwaukee Irish Fest last year, we got talking to people and just the whole idea of workshops where three of us are primary school teachers and we've, we do workshops in schools. We were doing them for years and we're used to doing them and we enjoy doing them. So when it came up, we were like, yeah, it sounds brilliant because, you know, all these kids, a lot of them would have Irish heritage and stuff. So it's nice to introduce a bit of Irish dance. Kev does a bit of Irish dancing. We have Dahi doing Gaelge. We have Keith doing recording. And I showed him a little bit of Gaelic football too at the end of the day. Sure, you're the perfect compliment because as you said yourself, um, Dahi and Kevin are all primary school teachers, correct? And then we've got Keith, who's the software developer. So like you've got all the technical side uh, covered there as well. Geek, token geek at the band. Yeah. Uh, now geeks are great. <laughs> exactly. Um, what have you enjoyed most about the couple of days here? Who can I ask? Ingrid, you've got a harmonica here in your hand. What have you enjoyed most about the last couple of days? I've, I've loved singing. And is this your first time to sing Oscoelga? Uh, I think last year I did this. So I did it last year. And who, who's here for the very, very first time? Nora. That's a lovely Irish name. Tell me, where did you get that name from? Um, my parents. And what counties in Ireland do they have family in? I don't know. <laughs> but have you enjoyed your time learning how to speak in Irish and sing in Irish? Yeah. And Jack here beside you, is this your first time to do Celtic Kids Camp? Yeah, I'm her sister. Your Your brother. Yes, it is a bit confusing, I agree. I've got lots of brothers and sisters, sometimes I don't know either. So Kevin, you are the accordion, or accordion player, you're the box player in, in Shawlin. Talk to me about how much you've enjoyed the last couple of days. Uh, it's been a ball, to be honest with you. It's nice, it's nice to kind of work a school day where you don't have to do any proper subjects. You can just, <laughs> you can just, you can just kind of, you know, organise the fun activities and get everyone singing and dancing and having a bit of crack. So it's all the fun side of teaching yeah. without the administration. Yeah, exactly. And Dahi, you're you're the man on the saxophone up there, playing mighty, playing mighty. Can you t- talk to me about this song that you're doing with the kids, Erskoha Did you write that in Africa? Is that right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, Do you know, a good traditional Irish instrument there, the saxophone. Um, yeah, we went over to Africa, to Uganda, and um, we were asked to go over to write a positive, happy song to promote kind of the great work that they're doing over there and the kind of great, happy culture and drumming and everything that was over there. And we came up with their skull, Kayla, and I think it's our favourite song to sing as well because usually Stefan manages to make it last about fifteen minutes when we're on stage. It's a real crowd pleaser, getting all yeah communal singing. You like it, Harper? Do you? Because it's really fun to dance to. Okay. What, what about the message in the song? So, Dahi, explain, explain the message in the song. So, Erska Kela Awaran Nadina is an old Irish phrase that means in the shadow of one, one another uh, we thrive. Um, but it doesn't mean as in like, oh my God, I'm living in your shadow. It's more so that if you're close together, your shadows are kind of joined there, overlapping. So, the closer we are, the harder we work together. Um, I suppose the better we thrive. And we have a phrase in a Kwigata Bwebogumu, uh, which is an, a Lugandan phrase for this, basically the same thing unity is strength. Gorgeous. And I just have to compliment you all on just the passion that you bring to the promotion of the Irish language through music as well. It's really evident in your stage show. And it's so gorgeous to see it kind of trickle out here into all these young American boys and girls who are going to have this gorgeous memory of Irish culture and they can build on it over the years to come. Yeah, well, look, we're delighted to be here. Like, the kids are great. Aren't you? You're all right, aren't you? Yeah! <laughs> they're, only, they're only okay. Sometimes... 
I'm <laughs> <laughs> only joking now. They're great. We have great fun with them here. It, we're talking to other people. It's like five hours with the kids. How are you doing? I like, well, in fairness, it's split up between the four of us. So it's not too bad. <laughs> but no, it's fun. We do like four different things. It changes up during the day. And, and I'm really enjoying it. And it's good, it's good to be able to teach them a little bit of Irish as well. We love Irish, so it's, it's, it's always nice to be able to spread that. And this isn't the end of your week. Obviously, you're on stage uh, throughout Milwaukee Irish Fest as well. We surely are. We're doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We have three main stage gigs. And then we also are going to maybe bring some of these guys up on stage for our children's shows on Saturday and Sunday. But we have to see. We'll have to see how good they are. Well, I'm going to wait here and hear what it sounds like. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing you up on stage in Milwaukee Irish Fest. A big round of applause. Big boola bus for Shaolin. I'm here at Milwaukee Irish Fest, joined by East Galway, TD, and Minister for the Diaspora and International Development, Kieran Cannon. It's a pleasure to have you here on Tradfest Podcast, and thank you for joining us. Not at all, Ruth. Delighted to join you, um, enjoying another fantastic week- weekend in Milwaukee, and I suppose celebrating that wonderful relationship between Milwaukee Irish Fest and Tradfest, which is just going from strength to strength. And it must be all your worlds colliding at once, because I know you're an avid music fan, also a musician and composer, and here in, in your uh, role as Minister for Diaspora and in inter- International Development, it must be a real kind of a sweet shop moment for you. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Wonderfully described. It is. Um, I was, you know, very fortunate to get a chance to play a tune with We Banjo 3 uh, two years ago on the stage here. Um, and it's wonderful to see bands like We Banjo 3 and many, many others um, becoming powerful ambassadors for the Irish tr- music tradition uh, across the world and having this chance here in Milwaukee I mean 100,000 people over three days the chance to showcase what they have created uh, back home in Ireland to a whole new audience a whole new opportunity for them um, and it, I think the, op- the collaboration I said this before to the people involved in Tradfest the people, what they're doing in Tradfest and identifying uh, new up and coming innovative um, Irish musicians who are taking our tradition imbuing it with new life new energy and then having that relationship with Milwaukee that takes it out of Ireland and gives it a US platform is a really powerful collaboration. So I couldn't be any happier than I am right now because surrounded by incredibly talented musicians who are given the chance to shine in, 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 a, in a massive festival. Um, this is also a celebration of diaspora. You know, those 33 million Americans who claim Irish heritage, thousands of them will pass through this festival over the next three days. And for them, this is an opportunity to immerse themselves in the life. I mean, this is Ireland recreated in a park on the edge of a US city. Um, you can walk through you know, Irish streets, you can see wonderful exhibitions of Irish art, um, listen to people who are expert in Irish literature, Irish theatre, you can listen to extraordinary music, um, you can literally immerse yourself in Ireland without leaving the US. So in terms of that opportunity for a diaspora, it's a very valuable opp- opportunity for them again because to have that chance reaffirms and strengthens their sense of their own Irish identity for them. So. It's everything one could possibly ask for in a festival when it comes to diaspora and music. And you're here as well uh, welcoming the Tourism Ireland uh, launch with Tradfest and Galway 2020 because 2019 is a particularly special year for Irish up-and-coming talent because we've got the Tradfest Showcase, there's four wonderful acts here, and we've also got the Galway 2020 stage. I believe it used to be called the Tipperary stage, but uh, Galway have taken it over. So a really amazing display of, of Irish music and been a proud Galway man yourself here with Galway 2020. Yeah, 
And I mean, to see my friends, and that's who they are, my friends in music, you know, We Banjo 3, The Whileaways, um, Liam Moran, Warwick Stevens, Back West, all of these people whom I have looked up to in terms of what they have achieved with their music, um, given the chance to shine yet again, uh, that collaboration with Tradfest, Tourism Ireland supporting it as well, and obviously Goal of 2020, European Capital of Culture next year, um, hanging out their colours, uh, their brightest colours here over the next couple of days, saying to people, this is who we are as a people. This is what this is what Galway can show to the world. Um, this is what we present to the world in terms of our own cultural endeavour. And I think that's a really, really important opportunity. And they're doing it with great expertise and great passion. And Milwaukee Irish Fest, of course, been a wonderful shop front when you look at the opportunities for tourism. Uh, there's so many people here who have been to Ireland before and many who haven't, but come to Milwaukee Irish Fest for that experience. But then it's a gateway towards travelling to Galway or you know going to Tradfest in January in Temple Bar. That's exactly it Ruth, that's exactly, it, it is that opportunity for those people who are contemplating a visit to Ireland to just dip their toe um, in terms of the music, the culture, the heritage and say yeah this is really exciting, I want to see more, I want to experience more, I want to see where this tradition has come from, the people who, uh, the exponents of that tradition. So yeah it's, it's a fantastic opportunity to showcase Galway 2020, to showcase Ireland as a tourism destination and it has been proven conclusively that Wisconsin Ireland now sees a, a, a huge amount of visitors from Wisconsin as a result of this Milwaukee festival. Um, politics and tourism aside, who are you looking forward to hearing this weekend? Obviously, we banjo three. <laughs> and will we hear you perform this weekend? No, I'm taking. I just, I, 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 it was a fascinating opportunity the last time. I've just no is the answer. But, but uh, we banjo three and the Whileaways. I, you know, I think they are. You know, when you talk about innovation and music and creativity, um, they are two um, amazing acts who we should be so, so proud of, um, who grew up in that tradition and said, you know, we want to grab it, we want to bring it to somewhere new, exciting, innovative. Um, they've both done that, and we should be very, very proud of them. So I'm looking forward to seeing both of them in particular. And as you mentioned, We Banjo 3 and The Whileaways, they've really done a wonderful job in bringing those two cultures t- together, that transatlantic, you know, American and Irish, and really melding them beautifully. You remember that wonderful uh, series from Philip King bringing it all back home. I mean, this is bringing it all back home for the 21st century. Again, recognizing that that connection that's there, you know, um, you know, migrating back and over across the Atlantic Ocean um, and acknowledging that there's something deep within all of us in terms of that folk tradition uh, that transcends borders, that transcends geography. Uh, and both of those bands express that so well. Minister for the Diaspora and International Development, Kieran Cannon, thank you so much for joining us here at Milwaukee Irish Fest as part of Tradfest podcast. Thanks for the opportunity, Ruth. Thank you. I'm joined by Colleen Kennedy here at Milwaukee Irish Fest. Colleen, you have been here at Milwaukee from the very, very beginning when it all started. Can you tell us about your involvement in Irish Fest here in Milwaukee? When my brother first suggested that he was starting this Irish Fest, I thought he was a little bit mad. Um, But as it happened, he managed to pull in not only family members, but every friend uh, that could possibly either be Irish or... Or Or want to be Irish. Want to be Irish, exactly. So there was a a core of people who were willing to give it a go. And the first year was amazing. Of course, it was much smaller than we are today, but there are people who didn't think it would work. And, And so it did. And each year it grew. And more people joined us, and we went from that core of people to about 4,400 volunteers. 
That's amazing. Now, you mentioned your brother. Let's just name him Edward, is your brother. And you launched Milwaukee Irish Fest in 1981, is that right? He did. It was... Um we had one other ethnic festival on, on the grounds of Summerfest, which is our, our landlord here. Um, and uh, the Italians, who used to have wonderful processions, religious processions, decided they would like to have something on the grounds, and it worked for them. So um, he was playing in an Irish folk band and thought, we can do this, we can do this. And, and so people came together and we did it. And people come not just from Wisconsin, but from all over America for, for Irish Fest now. That is accurate. I'd say uh, anywhere from uh, 50 to 55 percent of people may be from out of town and not just uh, out, out of state as well. We pull hugely from the Chicago metropolitan area, but we have volunteers from 38 states. And uh, so the Midwest, people come from all over the country and from Ireland and Canada. That's a phenomenal statistic. From 38 states, your volunteers come to Milwaukee every year. I think it's a little bit of a privilege in some people's mind to be a volunteer at Irish Vest. (laughs) Because I said, we're the happy festival. And even though it can be work, people are happy and they're smiling and they make people feel good well that volunteer spirit is so evident you know on the ground like from everything from when you check into the hotel and the bus drivers and you get to the the grounds here and everyone is so willing to help and I think you mentioned about you know Ed having this harebrained idea back in 1981 and gathering all the friends that were Irish or you know so that volunteer spirit started at the very beginning you know just getting people involved in a sort of in a dream to to host something that celebrated Irish culture. There was a pre-existing organization called the Shamrock Club of Wisconsin, and that's what a lot of the Irish belonged to, and Ed was involved in it. But they did a parade every St. Patrick's Day and had some other events, but nothing of this size. Uh, But they helped. I think they gave us $500 to, to begin. And so... We've been giving them a free booth for 39 years to pay back that $500, but it's all right because they took a they took they took a leap. That's lovely. And out of your experience and being part of the festival, what's your most cherished memory or moment that you've had uh, in terms of you know the the acts that you've seen or the people you've met or I think we felt to some extent we had to prove ourselves because we are not Chicago or New York or Boston. You know, our family originally came from Chicago, and so we took for granted our Irishness. But Milwaukee was a little different. However, because it's not as large a community, I think there's more cohesion. And that helped a lot. But I think when we finally convinced people, decision makers, sponsors, government officials in Ireland, that we really had something of value to contribute to the Irish music and culture and heritage um, and even to Ireland itself with tourism and so forth. I think when we when we hit that milestone, it was really um, a moment of great pride. That transatlantic cooperation is very evident transatlantically between Milwaukee and Tradfest and Galway 2020 and all these big cultural events and it's wonderful to see. 
We also have wonderful, wonderful partners that we've we've created partnerships that we've created over the years. Uh, the longest uh, is with Galway uh, for 25 years, but in the last few years, we've had a partnership with Tradfest, and I think we'll continue to build on that. We've had some people that, that some counties and areas of Ireland who have been very committed because they feel that they benefit from their investment in coming to Milwaukee Irish Fest. Colleen, thank you so much for joining us on today's Tradfest podcast here, the Milwaukee Irish Fest special. It's been a pleasure to meet you. And I really appreciate the chance to meet you. All the best, Ruth. Finally managed to catch up with these incredibly busy musicians. Conla, you've had a wonderful Milwaukee Irish Fest. Kira. what's been the highlight for you so far? It's hard to, you know, highlights come in different shapes and forms here at Milwaukee Irish Fest. Um, Sometimes, you know, the intimacy of like a gig at the Snug, um, the unexpected say of like showing up to a gig and thinking, you know, because you're on the same time as some of the headliners out here, nobody's going to be there. And you show up and there people are sitting there ready to go, supporting, clapping and having a great time. Um, so highlights come in all shapes and forms. It's hard to pin down one. Um, and then sometimes, you know, the volunteers, they go the extra mile here at Milwaukee Irish Fest. And then that really, you know, it's, it's so heart, heartwarming to experience something like a festival like this. And this isn't your first time here, obviously. You were here last year as well, Connor. Uh, yeah, we were we were part of the Dublin uh, Chad Fest showcase last year, so we were absolutely delighted to be asked as part of that. Um, it was part of a long tour that we had last summer. Uh, we, were, we were out from kind of start of July until end of September, so it was, it was kind of a long haul one, but uh, second time here in a row at Milwaukee, so... It's been an absolute pleasure. It's, it was great for us to, to get asked back two years in a row. So, um, yeah, it's an absolutely amazing festival and delighted to be part of it. But yourself and your sister, Emer, your dad, Hansa, coming out here as well. You've been touring here for a good while, haven't you? Yeah, so I think this will be our third or fourth year out in America. Uh, so we're out this time seven weeks on tour. So uh, you can imagine we're all well acquainted with each other now at this point. So, <laughs> But yeah, we absolutely love it and wouldn't have it any other way. But there's a bit of, there's, there's, a, there's pairing up in the band. You said you're well acquainted with one another, but outside of the band, you've got, there's two couples in the band, that right, Kieran and Kira, and then we've got Paul and yourself, Emer. So, Kieran, you're the flute player as well in the band. Yeah. Talk to us about how this all manifested for you, like the, the band of Conla, how it got together. Yeah, well, myself and Emer and Paul, we kind of met at university. We were in the same class together, studying music at McGee campus in University of Ulster. And... We just became friends. Paul was an electric electric guitar, rock kind of musician and jazz, more, more than trad, to be honest with you. Um, so, Paul, you've made them cool, have you? Yeah, exactly, Ruth, you said it. And we, we went to a festival in Sligo called Sligo Live together just for a, a night away, and we recorded a version of Saints and Sinners, a David Francis song, in our hotel room. We were having a few drinks, and we were recording a song. And basically... It all yeah, we, happened. We put it up on Facebook then, the, the video on Facebook, and... Our friends and family encouraged us to start it up then. That was the start of it. And Connor got, or Emer got Connor on board, her brother, so it was the start of it. Cheap labour. <laughs> Cheap labour. <laughs> well, it's good to keep it in the family, absolutely. It is amazing, those kind of synchronicity moments, you know, when you meet people and the chemistry is just there. Like, regardless of your, your backgrounds and, you know, what you've done, Paul, you were a rock guitar player. Um, and coming in, so you, you obviously gave him good rock chops. Well, I can't, as Kieran was saying, I didn't play, I didn't start playing this music to after I left university, 
So it was when I met all the guys, they got me, introduced me to bands like Fluke and Michael McGoldrick and Lunasa. And I hadn't really heard traditional music in that format before. It was all very, you know, like on the bar music. And then I heard it honestly, and it just sounded amazing. So I really wanted to get into it. It was great. And what better platform than Milwaukee Irish Fest for this kind of, you know, big stadium sound that, that you guys create? Like, as you said, Kira at the top, you know, you're in the snug and it's beautifully intimate. Saints and Sinners, I love that song. And you do such a beautiful version of it. And then you come out on stage here with the Aer Lingus stage or, you know, the Miller Light stage. Huge numbers here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's truly is one of the biggest festivals in, in the world, like, uh, for Irish music. Um, it's a great, as I said, it's a great pleasure for us to be here and, and the numbers at this festival are just truly outstanding. It's a pleasure for us to be part of it and to showcase our music uh, and our, our culture, cultural heritage. Um, we must say as well, we wouldn't be here without the support from Culture Ireland. So um, organisa- organisations like Culture Ireland and the Arts Councils uh, really help us as musicians to showcase our culture and um, get our music out there. So we're forever, forever indebted to them. So. And you did mention Tradfest at the top. You were obviously here with the showcase last year in 2018. And jumping forward to Tradfest 2020, you guys are on the bill uh, for January in, in Dublin, aren't you? Yeah, we're playing the uh, January the 24th, Friday night. It's actually Paul's birthday, so there'll be an extra celebration. And so we're on a, a, a treble bill with uh, Boxing Banjo and Rielta. Uh, so it'll be a really fantastic night. So we're really looking forward to that. Well, we hope all you Tradfest podcast listeners are going to come along and help Paul celebrate his birthday January 24th, part of Tradfest 2020. Thank you so much, Connell. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Well, I'm sitting here in the reception of the Hyatt Hotel on Saturday night of Milwaukee Irish Fest. Um, we're over the hump and uh, this is the hotel where all of the performers stay and all of the, the festival goers as well. And I'm with Marianne mcteague Kiefer. This is her 30... First or 30, 36th Milwaukee Irish Fest. Marianne, I know you personally through um, your involvement with a lot of the Irish acts. You're like the, the fairy godmother for so many Irish acts coming over here to Milwaukee specifically, but to a lot of the Irish Fests in the Midwest as well. You're based in Chicago. You're a big music fan. You're also a presenter of uh, Chicago's WDCB Ireland Tonight, a weekly show. That's correct. It's, it sounds like amazing to me right now because... Not having a music background like you do, I never thought I'd be there. <laughs> but it's such a gift. The music that all of you provide is such a gift. And Milwaukee's been incredible because for four, almost 40 years now, they've been bringing all this music to the people here in the States. So. And you yourself, I know your dad is from County Monaghan and your mum's people are from Cavan and Limerick. So like you're, you're entrenched in Irish culture and it's been a massive part of your growing up on the south side of Chicago. It always was, you know, I... I know a lot of times people in Ireland don't consider us Irish if we're here in the States, but we were brought up to be so proud of, of being Irish. And we lived in Irish neighborhoods, and part of our growing up was there was always the music. So, you, you know, you'd be in somebody's living room or in somebody's garage or someone else, and the tunes would be going on, and it was just kind of there. You didn't think it was anything unusual. And I, I spoke with um, Colleen Kennedy a little bit earlier today, obviously, you know, Ed, Ed Ward's sister, um, who founded Milwaukee Irish Fest. And I just got a sense of how important it has been for, you know, the greater community here. She spoke about the fact that, you know, Milwaukee wasn't a Chicago or a Boston or a New York. But my God, it's really put it on the map, hasn't it, in terms of Irish music and culture? Yes, Ed is part, was part of a band, that, and they just wanted to start bringing more music around. They had this wonderful venue right on the lake, and they got the idea, and they ran with it, and fair play to them, because it started out with, you know, one big stage and three little ones, 
And within a few years, it just kept increasing, increasing, increasing to now over 17 stages. They have volunteers that have been doing this for all these years, over 4,000. And it's something that people come from all over the United States. We, we actually plan our summers around Milwaukee's Irish Fest. And so, and, and we just, when you think all the bands that come over, over 100 bands each time, the amount of music and the culture and everything else that we're able to see and enjoy is overwhelming. And, and the, there's certainly festival favorites, you know, you've got bands that come back year on year, but it's a wonderful platform for new Irish acts. It's a real foothold into the Irish Fest scene and, and, and further afield, like the Bluegrass Festivals, and it's, it's a wonderful shop front for new Irish acts. And, you know, they, they do a nice job of having bands that people want back every year, like We Banjo 3, or, you know, years ago it would have been the Sox in the Frying Pan, years ago it would have been the Chieftains, you know, Shoe Glen Lifty was one of the ones they had, but they also have a balance of they want to make sure there's enough new bands that get a chance to come over, and local bands that they get in there, and so they really try to do a balance, and of course, you know, you can never make everybody happy because there's certain bands that everybody wants every year, and if they're not here, they, they hear about it, <laughs> And talk to me about your own your own music show. Your host of Ireland tonight, as I mentioned, on Chicago's WDCB. It's a weekly show, and is it is it trad? Is it folk? Is it a mixture of both? I would say mostly it's trad. Although what I also do are are like if you take We Banjo Three, it'd be a good example. They kind of started out as trad musicians, but now they've gone into where they're going into kelp, what they call kelp grass or bluegrass. But if you listen to it, it's based in traditional music. So I do have a lot of that. But on the whole, I would say that my show would be mostly trad. Although the younger bands now are trad with trad with benefits. I used to I like to call it, and they just do a wonderful job. But I I like to bring it to the listeners, and you know and. We could say that, you know, there's people that would say, oh, that's not trad. But, you know, years ago, people changed it. And I'm sure people 40 years ago said, oh, that's not trad. You know, but so but on the whole, I would say that I try to base it on what most people would consider traditional music. And this is obviously Tradfest podcast and, you know, Tradfest is all about trad without frontiers. So it really welcomes in, you know, like you said, trad with benefits or trad with a twist. Um, and people who, I suppose, respect the, the, the central tradition, you know, the well of tradition and do something really innovative with it. Like you mentioned the Chieftains, you know, they have done so much collaborating with, like, you know, international musicians. They've, they've really brought Irish music to so many different audiences. And I think that is the key to what a lot of these bands do. They, they come here and they see how important it is to, to elevate the music. You know, yes, pay reverence to it and, you know, you know have their skills and have their, their finesse as well. But really see where it can go to in an exciting way. The other thing that is just, I think, amazing is the, uh, the talent of the young musicians that we see coming in now. They're, they're in their late teens, their 20s, and the level of music that they play is just incredibly beyond beef. They've, their bar has been raised so high, but they just keep reaching it and pushing it. So it's just, it, we get a lot of new bands over here, but it's not like you're saying, well, this is a beginning player. You know, it's it's absolutely incredible, and it's just exciting to see that the here, especially the the music is being really kept alive, and having um, you know we've got the the musicians that come back. You know, we'll have Kevin Burke come back, and we've got Liz Carroll that is here in Chicago, and Larry Nugent, and some of these players that these young ones actually get to sit and play at sessions with, just like you do at home. 
you know, but it's really, I think, is growing and growing and growing rather than shrinking, which is, you know, such an exciting concept to realize it's happening. And Chicago, really, we are so fortunate. We don't appreciate it at times because it's so easy to say, Liz Carroll's playing tonight, oh, I'll see her next week at a benefit. You know, I mean, you know, there is that piece of it. But, you know, you have Liz Carroll, John Williams, Jimmy Keene. You know, there's just so many wonderful players. But then when you get a group like We Banjo comes in or Sax in the Frying Pan comes in or we get, you know, some of the newer bands like Conla's just come in and Kuig. And, and the people, because it's around enough, they really appreciate it and support it. And that's the biggest thing is to do what I try to do is make sure we're supporting it so it stays. Well, you mentioned two great acts there, Liz Carroll and Jimmy Keane. They were at Tradfest 2019. And Conla, who you mentioned, I saw them live for the first time here at Milwaukee Irish Fest. They're going to be performing at Tradfest 2020 with Railta, I know. And we have to get you over to Tradfest. Thank you so much for joining us on today's Tradfest. Marianne McTeague, Kiefer, thank you for all you do um, for all of the Irish acts who come here to Milwaukee Irish Fest. And thank you for all you do. And you know that we never miss your show. <laughs> Delighted to have Railta, five-piece, Belfast-based five-piece, who are here as part of the Tradfest showcase, playing in the snug. This is your last gig uh, today, Connor, isn't it? Sunday of the festival. Yeah, it's the last gig of the festival, last gig of a USA tour. We've been, been here for about a month now. Uh, it's been fantastic, and just what a way to finish off. Brilliant. And as I said, you're here as part of the Tradfest um, showcase. You're lined up to play at Tradfest 2020 as well. Um, and I believe you're on a triple header with Conla and Boxing Banjo, another one of the, the showcase artists who've been here. So are you looking forward to getting back to Tradfest? I certainly am. And I've really enjoyed Conla's sets and Boxing Banjo's sets over the festival. I think it's going to be a really powerful night of music. I'm looking forward to it. And Deirdre, you're the guitar player with Railta, and I just, I have to say, I love watching you play. Like, you've such command on the instrument. And, you know, in a day when we look at the optics of, of bands who are on the festival circuit, we talk about fair play. It's an important thing to see that visibility, to see a woman playing the, playing the guitar. I think it is. I've had a few other female guitarists approach me and say that they've really appreciated seeing a female guitarist on stage. So I think that's nice. Um, I... I, I do I do what I love and I really enjoy playing with the lads here and um, it's yeah you bring a great groove to the whole sound and inspiration for the band you know you've been mentioned in the same sentences as the Bothy band and Planksty um, the sound how it's been created or how it's evolved for you Dermot you're the bazooki player and I believe you play the bull fiddle as well I do yes uh, no, whenever whenever I don't have to carry it too far it, <laughs> it comes with me but uh, yeah two pipes kind of creates its own sound you know it, uh, it's something there's not too many other bands with, with two sets of pipes now so um, yeah it's kind of a, a, a nice um, nice difference between the two you know you, you, you feel the two pipers kind of playing on and if they're having a good night everybody will have a good night but <laughs> well the pipes can be a little bit temperamental can't they we spoke to Connor there at the top and Loic you're the other piper in the band that's not a Belfast name hmm? Loic yep not a, not a Belfast name? No, it's not a Belfast name. I've come all the way from Brittany, uh, west of France. So uh, I, I, I know those guys uh, quite a long time now. And I joined them for this tour uh, in early March. And I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I enjoy it so much. <laughs> Bringing some Breton spice to the mix. And you're the other Dermot in the band. You're the Baron player in the band. Yeah, yeah. Baron player, the youngest Dermot. And the best looking as well, so they say. <laughs> I'm the first Dermot, thank you very much. Dermot the first and Dermot the second. Um, have you enjoyed your time here at Milwaukee Irish Fest? Yeah, it's been very good, yeah. Got to see some nice acts and been looked after really well. So it's been great. 
it's a busy it's a busy few days, isn't it? Uh, well, it has been, but also we're sort of used to doing 10-hour car journeys on much of this tour, so it's nice waking up in the morning and not needing to get in the car. So yeah, we've been we've been you know playing good gigs, but we've been enjoying the festival as well and getting a good eight hours of sleep in a night. I'm sure. Of course, of course, yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to hearing your set. I caught bits and pieces of you during the weekend. I'm going to sit down and listen to you now for the full set. Thank you so much for joining me on Tradfest Podcast Milwaukee Irish Fest Special. Railta. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm here on the transport bus going from the Milwaukee Summer School all the way to Irish Fest venue and Shane Hennessy is sitting beside me. Shane, keep your seatbelt on. Keep your seatbelt on. (laughs) (laughs) Shane, you've had an incredibly busy uh, week thus far. Tell me about what you've been doing and and the performances that you've had as part of Tradfest and, oh no, Tradfest, sorry, as part of Milwaukee Irish Fest and other festivals as well. Yeah, it's it's been a mad week since I got here. Um, I played, so I've been in part of the Milwaukee Irish Fest Summer School for the week teaching there. We had a teacher's concert on Tuesday night. Wednesday night I performed out in Wauwatosa Tosa tonight and they got a, a record crowd it was about two and a half thousand people there it was I saw you were singing a bit of uh, Paul Simon yeah 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 it's, I like changing it up during the gigs and then um, last night well, I was in the, um, the Sharon Lynn Wilson Centre for the Arts it was a guitar festival out there and uh, they sold out the theatre so I was really delighted to, uh, to see it I mean it's a town I'd never been to before so that was um, that was an amazing guitar festival there's a competition going on there today and then it's going to be the next three days at the, at the Irish Fest as well and you are obviously part of Tradfest 2020 as well. You're part of the, the lineup that's just been announced. Are you looking forward to the gig? Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's, it's Rathfarnham Castle is a gorgeous venue. So I'm really looking forward to playing there. And to be honest, it'll be my first gig in Ireland since I think last November. I've done no gigs in Ireland this year because I've been abroad so much. So it's, it'll be nice to actually get back and gig at home. Brilliant. It is always lovely to return home. And what better festival to return home to than with Tradfest. Speaking of your travelling, I saw you were in Russia during the year. And I believe you speak a bit of Russian as well. Well, I, I, I try, I try. I, um, I, I downloaded Duolingo to start learning the kind of the basics and I could kind of get by in Russian, but I still had a, a translator. Uh, my tour manager was my translator and interpreter over there. But yeah, I had a three-week tour over there in, uh, in Russia in May and it looks like, I think it's, is it next month I'm going to China in October? So yeah, it's, it's a very hectic tour schedule this year. And of course, you know, foreign audiences like Russian audiences and Chinese and Japanese as well, they really appreciate when you do learn some of their language as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's the same effect for when an artist comes to Ireland and they throw out the cupola fuckle. It's the same thing for them. You know, it's they expect it all to be in English, but I think they really appreciate when somebody goes that little, you know, the the extra mile to kind of put them at ease. So 2020 is going to start in Dublin, Tradfest in Rathfarnham Castle. How does the rest of 2020 look for you in terms of touring and maybe recording? Can you tell us a little bit about what's in the in the pipeline for you? Yeah, so I actually start in the US in January. I'm over in California for the first part, then back to Tradfest over to Celtic Connections. Um, and then I'm uh, back over to the US for some of the earlier Irish festivals and some of the Americana Roots festivals over here all over the country. And along with that, I'm going to have the third album coming out in February, my third studio album. I'm recording it when I get home to Ireland in November, um, and I'm hoping to get it out in February 2020. So I'm really looking forward to that. And there'll be a big gig um, in Ireland to launch that album. And what should we expect from album number three? Well, for the first time, I'm going to put some vocal stuff down. Um, I've I've always uh, sung during my gigs, but I've never actually put it down on recording. So I've been writing a lot of stuff that's still centred around the guitar playing. 
Um, and so that's that's going to be what I'm focusing on for album number three, as well as a lot of the compositions I've been working on in the background as well. So always always trying to up my game, I think, as most people are. Well, Shane, thanks so much for taking the time um, in transit on yeah. the way uh, to the festival grounds here at Milwaukee Irish Fest. We're really looking forward to having you as part of Tradfest 2020. Shane Hennessy. Thank you very much. Fresh off the stage here at Milwaukee Irish Fest after their third gig here on the Galway 2020 stage, I have the wonderful Wileways. How are you, lads? How are you, Ruth? <laughs> So Nicola, Noriana and Noli, and we have Nicola's dad here as well, Tom Joyce. Tom, I'm going to start with you because you look like you're going to be a feature of this new Wileways act. You went up on stage and sang on the Galway 2020 stage. God help this lad if I'm a part of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's lovely. It is a family affair and Nicola and Noli, obviously, partners in music and in life. And Noriana, a Lucan woman, but uh, now living in Galway and married into the county as well. Um, I'm going to start with you, Noriana. You've obviously toured with um, Solace already in the States, but this is your first step into America with um, with the Wileways. And your third gig, you were in Butte, Montana, is that right? And you were in Chicago, and now you're in Milwaukee. Yeah, that's right. Um, I did a, a, a year or two with um, Solace before, um, and, and meanwhile the Wileways were ticking over, and I was kind of coming and going, and then I had a little boy, and, and that put the touring stop, stop there. But um, it's fantastic to, to be back touring, and especially with the Wileways, because it's there's nothing nicer than sharing songs that you've written and, um, and uh, seeing how they're being received here it's it's a very satisfying experience well i dipped into this gig i've seen you most days now you've been here this is your third gig here on the galway 2020 stage and nicola what a warm reception today like it's it's five o'clock six o'clock on a saturday afternoon the sun is out everyone's in a great in great form and such a wonderful reception for the whileaways here at milwaukee irish fest yeah it's, it's really great as noriana said it's um it's our first time to, to bring our own songs to america and so we play all sorts of, of different gigs at home but outdoor big massive open festivals really are new to us we do a lot of intimate stuff and we do a lot of kind of quite quieter songs and so even when we're writing our set list we're kind of wondering how to tackle it and what way we'll go at it and what will go down right or wrong or you know but you you get a sense of of the crowd everyone's just here to enjoy themselves and you know it, it, it worked anyway there today everyone really got into it and we really got into it and there was a lovely reception and a lovely kind of a feeling. And even for such a big stadium atmosphere, like they're really here to listen as well. Did you find that, Noli, like on stage, that they're, they're a listening audience and they want to buy your CDs afterwards and, you know, they care about the songs and the stories behind them? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they definitely they're, 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 they want to sing along and they want to listen to the introductions and the stories about what the songs are about. And it's very, very respectful audiences so far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I suppose at this time of day as well, uh, it's kind of earlier, you know, it's five o'clock in the day and uh, people are kind of more relaxed anyway, you know, so, yeah. And I mentioned at the top you're here as part of Galway 2020. You're one of the, I think it's four acts. We've got uh, Back West, the Kane Sisters, and we have Leo Morn and Parik Stevens, of course, from your neck of the woods as well up in Hedford. There's something in the water up there, Tume and Hedford. Yeah, Leo and, and Parik are here from Tume and I'm here from Tume as well. And also... Back on this stage here, we've got Pierce Doherty from Donegal, who is also a member of the Saw Doctors. Uh, yeah, we're you know we're really proud to be here uh, representing Galway actually, and uh, just uh, you know delighted to be to be invited and to be able to say we're from Galway and this is welcome to the Galway stage and be here with here with all the Galway people. You know, it's it's lovely. Yeah. 
being a big fan of your music and I love what you do in bringing the old time sound with a gorgeous Irish sensibility as well because your, your music has a gorgeous sense of place you know it's it's very Irish but it also translates really brilliantly um, transatlantically I mean we didn't know until now whether it would work over here or not or how it would be received because this is our debut in America really with these songs but it makes sense that it should translate because of that you know close but close connection with with the Atlantic in between um, you know our the the our sound people say is related to like what you're saying the old time sound from here but of course that originated in in Ireland and so the relationship has gone back and over through the years and we're somehow just continuing that you know pe- people say to us sometimes oh you, you've got an Americana kind of a sound and you you sometimes wouldn't be sure how to take that because you're as you said you're writing about your own experiences and your own home and your own family and your own people and we're not trying to fit into any kind of a box but I suppose everything that you've ever listened to or played comes out in your own music somehow so that's that's what's going on I suppose yeah and and having had this American experience now as as the Wildways as a trio has it whet the appetite for for more or how do you feel about coming back this side of the water again Mm, yeah, we're very excited about coming back. Uh, this this is this is nice. Um, one of the the reasons why we were holding back was because I have two small children that um, don't sleep, and uh, <laughs> I can't really uh, leave them for too long. Um, but they're getting older and better sleepers, and I think as time goes on, it'll be something hopefully that um, we'll get more invitations, and uh, I don't think we'll be saying no. And they're a great source of inspiration for songs as well, your, your kids. I believe you have a song called Julia. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Her kids are a great source of inspiration to me. Because <laughs> yeah. you get to sleep and, and then write songs about them. Yeah, yeah, I get to spend all my time making up songs about them. Um, yeah, we, yeah, maybe we'll do a kids' album. <laughs> I'm just three and a half. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much to the Wildways for joining us on today's Tradfest podcast. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Ruth. Thanks, Thanks Ruth. Thanks, Ruth. Thank you. Well, that's about it from me for this very special Tradfest podcast coming to you from Milwaukee Irish Fest here in Wisconsin. It's been a fabulous four days. As you can hear from my voice, there's been lots of singing, lots of dancing, lots of chatting. And there's been so many Irish acts here that we've gotten to meet up with, especially mentioning the Tradfest showcase acts, Susan O'Neill, Emma Langford, Railta and Boxing Banjo, all of whom you're going to see back on stages for Tradfest 2020. We also had a great time catching up with the Galway 2020 stage and with all of the other acts like Shane Hennessy and Aoife Scott and Conla who are going to be returning to Tradfest 2020 as well. You can check us out on tradfest.ie and all the usual platforms but until next week thanks for listening. Walking around Come into the sound Forget you down Feel the air Beautiful